Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time. This week we've got Noé Font, Spanish sensation, creator of The Bubble, writer for Duotone. This Grom has got a lot of really great knowledge to share and some really funny stories. So make yourselves a cup of tea, get ready, because it's going to be a good one. Hey Noé, welcome to this episode, Tea Time with Sam. Thanks for coming on. How you doing? Yeah, good, good to be here, good to be here. How you uh, got your tea? Got mine. Ready to yeah. go? How you doing You're in uh, How you doing in lockdown? Whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in uh, Holland actually. I'm staying here with my girlfriend Savannah at her grandparents' house, just in the north of Holland. Cool. And yeah, it's been, any, it's been any kite sessions in? Nah, not really. Uh, it's it's allowed to to kite here. Like you can go kiting, and as long as you keep your distance, but. I don't have a car at the moment and I don't really like know of many people kiting up here or anything so I just kind of like put it off and you know focused on other things been editing a lot skating and just you know kind of doing other things yeah 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 it's nice to to use this time to to focus on other things isn't it and and figure out what what we're doing and what direction we're heading for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's it's it it almost feels weird to have some time off to like, you know, think about stuff and like not have to go go off and like travel and you know, it's like Yeah. I haven't haven't stopped since since I started, so <laughs> it's it's pretty nice to yeah. have some time off. I found it super refreshing just thinking about, you know, our sport and where we're headed. We're kind of stuck in this whirlwind of, of traveling and, you know, we have so much potential with this sport, but we've kind of just been doing the same thing for a while. So it's been refreshing to actually really, yeah. I guess, step back and, and look at it and still think there's so much potential, which is cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. And for sure, like, it makes you think... Or it makes you want to, like, use your time better, like, when we can, you know, go back to kiting and traveling and stuff. You, I think now everyone's going to be uh, obviously more motivated than ever, but also picky and creative and, you know, like, everyone has time to think now to, to make plans and, like, bring those new great ideas to life or whatever. So, yeah, yeah it's for sure it's, it's healthy. I'll tell you one thing, it's made me really like reconsider competitions because it takes up so much time training and like to really do well, you have to really focus on it. And then all of a sudden it's like, damn, we've been putting our really open sport in this box for so long. I kind of want to get out of it again, sack off the comps, start getting free, back to free riding. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of did that like, you you did it in the more like early days i guess but also but not not that early right like yeah but it's funny it kind of went full circle you know we we stopped you know competing to do the free ride project and then we did more rails and then all of a sudden we were like oh we should you got have comps (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) our competitive nature came you know and that's gone full circle yeah but also like kiting is a young sport and like the only way to justify or like the easiest way to justify making an event is like oh what do you do you, you make a comp like 
And then you can go beyond that and be like, oh, now people are doing downwinders and like, you know, completely different things or, and you know, making events without actually having to like make a comp and have a winner or stuff like that. And it's also like making a comp is an easy way to like decide who is best and who is sponsored and who is not like to, yeah. to prove value and stuff. Right. So any, I and guess also to so. make money, like it's pretty, it's a simple equation. You train, you're good, you go compete you do well and you'll be rewarded. It's, it's not, you know, complicated, but I guess if comps weren't around, then, um, it would be a much more like complex equation to like prove your value and like do your media and this and that which is kind of like what's going on now i guess i don't know I'm kinda... yeah true but then you know i still think being creative producing content it doesn't have to be a competition and i feel like just people's egos get in the way you know us all included yeah it ends up being a dick measuring contest like you know, you want to see who can spin the most off a kicker when, when you're with your buddies. And it's like, oh, who's going to decide who, who spun but, the most? But there's there's a big difference, I feel like, because, or at least for me, like when, like in the park events, I feel like everyone is kind of like split. Like even the most competitive people, like I don't think I'm the most competitive, but like when you're in it, you you know, you play the game. But at the same time, we all wish we were just, free riding you know and like tossing ourselves off the kicker and doing it just because like have you yeah. never had the feeling that oh the final's over and you still want to like huck a few more tricks just because but you have to go into the next or for sure you know what i mean like there's those absolutely it's weird we're all in the competition wishing that it was over <laughs> yeah <laughs> Damn, just split the prize money <laughs> yeah let's go back to doing that Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so let, let's get into this the idea of this is yeah i want to i want to go back dive deep into your history um get stuck into first i want to know do you remember like the first time you ever saw somebody kiteboard like how were you introduced to it Whew. i mean i i was watching your episode with sam the other day and he started in 1998 which is the year i was born <laughs> and that was like a funny joke we always had going on because like at one point you know i was writing better than sam and and then he was like joking like this kid was born when i started kiting and now he's <laughs> already better than me you know but oh that's so uh, good i don't i don't remember the first time i saw someone kiting that my earliest memories of kiting are probably flying kites at the beach like a two-line kite and I grew up, uh, my dad's always been into like flying and hang gliding and stuff like that. And in my hometown, there's like a skydiving drop zone where people skydive. And I kind of like grew up there, like, you know, playing and with planes and stuff. And skydiving was like a part of like my childhood. So I would have like this little like trainer kite and I would, I would like pretend it's like a, a little skydive, you know. And then when my dad um, started kiting, which was probably in, I don't know, 02 or something, he built me a bar for that same kite I pretend to skydive on. And I started, <laughs> um, you know, flying it at the beach. So it was uh, like, that's maybe like my earliest 
earliest memory of kiting is is that like a homemade two line bar for my like 0.5 meter kite <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. i wonder how old were you flying that on the beach like five years old or something <laughs> yeah four or five yeah I don't, I don't even know i have some i think i have some like really really old photos of me carrying a pump and the pump's bigger than me or something <laughs> yeah do you uh do you remember like the first time you got on the water with with the board or uh i remember one time i got it yes i remember one time i got in the water with my board and it was a uh, with that same kite and a homemade board that my dad made with like uh like a scrap of plywood and he put some like pads and foot straps but obviously it was never gonna work and i knew that but i still like went and tried to get in the water and you know make it work with like a one meter trainer guy <laughs> and then um later on when i was like i don't know eight years old i guess i got it i started like getting in the water with like a more proper kite and you know trying to water start and stuff and yeah and where i where i live it's it's there's good conditions but it's very like seasonal like you know it's good in the summer and the spring but then the rest of the year you you probably don't kite for like two months in the middle of winter or something so it took me yeah. like a solid a solid full winter to to learn how to like go upwind and and figure it out yeah for sure yeah. there definitely seems to be like a correlation between like people learning young and having like you know a cool supportive dad like that seems everybody seems to yeah have a sick dad who who got them into it you know which is really cool yeah for sure that makes a makes a difference do you remember a time when you were like this is just all i want to do like when something clicked because i kind of remember like thinking you know, my dad dragging me to the beach and getting a bit scared. I had like a bad accident, thinking, "Oh man, like this is this is tough. Like I'm 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 this is hectic." And then he sort of keeps pushing me a little bit, and then then it flipped. You're like, "This is all I want to do," you know. Well, now thinking back, I have a feeling that I always kind of knew that or assumed that was what I wanted to do. Just like, you know. I remember having, or I remember thinking way before I learned how to like do any tricks or anything. Wow, like in a few years, I'm probably gonna be able to do a KGB, you know? <laughs> I remember that. And then I'm gonna be like, and then if I can do that, then it, it means that I'm as good as them, as good as the people <laughs> in the videos. Like, so yeah, what, yeah. What, what's stopping me from not being in the videos, you know? like. If in a few, if now I can do a rally and then I, I truly remember this thinking about the KGB because I don't know why. Well, it's funny because you do have a really good KGB yeah. right now. Don't you have a sick KGB? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. It's one of your good tricks. Yeah, and then you said this about your ac accident or whatever. I remember, yeah, so I was learning how to go upwind and I was... You know, I did attack and then I was walking back up wind through the beach and this, I was pretty powered. So I was like, kind of like, you know, feeling the gusts and like getting a little bit pulled or whatever. And my dad was uh, walking down to like, come get me, but I didn't need any help or anything. And this guy r reached to grab my bar 
thinking he was gonna help and I was like no no dude like I'm fine no need for help and then I like turned back around and kept walking and he just saw that I was like pretty powered he wasn't a kite or anything and he grabbed the end of the bar yanked it threw a kite loop and me my board him and his dog who was on the leash went flying I don't know how many meters down just got slammed on the sand and my dad was like losing his mind that the guy like he told you you didn't need any help. What the fuck? Like, and that was like pretty, that was like the only accident I've ever had. I think like that yeah. I, where I was like, holy shit. Like it's pretty sketch. Yeah, for sure. Those things can put you off. I got dragged down the beach like pretty far and I set my kite up wrong, which put me off a lot. Fuck. Scary. Yeah. Um, so do you remember uh, your first sponsor? You remember like how old were you were and was it did you had you done a competition before you you kind of got sponsored? How did that go? Um, my first uh, kite sponsor was my friend. So my dad used to he owned like a kite school and a kite shop at home for like a few years back, like in like 2004 or five or something like before I kited. And then there was, um, a bunch of, of the local kiters, like some of the younger ones got it, got together and started like a kite school and a shop, which was, which is still running by one of the brothers. And he worked on a movie set, uh, apart from like teaching kiting where they had like a, an old, 2006 or something North Jaime board as a prop on the on oh, the yeah. like on the shoot so he took it but it was too small it was like a 126 or something or 23 or I can't remember and later like he we met obviously from kiting at the beach and stuff and then he said he had a board for me because you know he got it from the movie set and blah 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 so he he was my first sponsor then like he gave me that Mm -hmm. board you know and hooked me up and because he owned the 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 kite school and stuff then he put me you know in contact with uh with nash in or b3 in in spain and then i got some like whatever discount kites or something and then like a year later i i got on best through him with with um best kiteboarding in Spain and then I was on best for I don't know six years or something or five years yeah and how was the uh the competition scene in Spain like did you have many national competitions was that was that something that you you did yeah up? yeah yeah we had uh I mean we've it's kind of like changed you know every few years it kind of changes but back then we had Spanish nationals in the Canary <laughs> Islands and I remember, yeah, we went there with, with my dad and I, I was like 10, I think. And, and I won like the, whatever, junior or like kids, not even junior, like the one before, you know, cause yeah. the juniors were like a few years older than me. Like, even <laughs> though it was only like three years older, like when you're like nine yeah. and 13 it's like a huge difference so anyway i i won that one and and then 
So did, did you just was there just game. one nationals a year? One comp? yeah, one comp. Okay. Now they have like a three stop league, and it's it's way, you know, That's cool. way more legit. But but back because I always like that. tell like you know kids coming up like it's such a good avenue to help you know learn about the sport and you meet people in the industry. Um, like for me, that was definitely massive because we had uh, I don't know probably seven at one point like uk competitions like now there's only three if we're lucky yeah but it was awesome you'd meet so many like you know like-minded people and and like you know for distributors sure, sure. it's really really good time that Le- i learned yeah, a lot and when you're so young you're just like going there and having a good time like whatever there's like a bunch of kids and you're like hanging out and yeah hiding, you know what it doesn't matter like one of the sponge. events that one of the events that was like very much like that was the it up until i mean i'm sure this year it would have been it would have happened too but because of the whole situation it, it got canceled but as the the european junior championships in in the south of france like nearby Le cat yep and i mean I I went there too that year, the same year as the Spanish Nationals, and I went there every other year after that for, for a few years. And that's where, like, everyone up and coming from Europe kind of, like, got together. And that's where I met, like, Tom Bridge and, like, you know, like, who else? Like, even, like, I remember Paola, Paola Novotna used yeah. to, like, compete there when, when she was, like, 16 that, or whatever. Is that where you became junior world champion? Weren't you junior world champion or something? No, that was the that was the Europeans. <clears throat> okay. But I, I think, yeah, and Jerry Vanderkop, I remember him, like, I remember yeah. him being, like, whatever, 16 or something, and me being, like, 10, and he was, like, already, like, <laughs> super tall and big, you know, and yeah. doing, like, doubles already. Yeah, like... That was like a one of the events where you cool. you got to like meet everyone a little bit and up and coming and stuff. Yeah. And then the the junior world championships, I I mean, I was super lucky because they were like 30 minutes down the road from from where I live, you know. I was like playing at home pretty much. So So yeah. That, Sick. That kind of like just helped one out time like, junior champion two times two times yeah 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 that and those were the first um i mean i'm sure there were some junior world championships after that but or maybe not i don't know but yeah those are the first like editions of it that i know of because i remember before those two there weren't any at least like while i was around you know yeah weirdly like i like don't remember hearing about the comps happening, but when I also heard about you and having that string to your bow, it was like, damn, this this guy's junior world champion. He must be sick. Like, I feel like that was a really good, you know, string to your bow to, to kickstart your career, yeah. really. Because it's like, a, you know, you can just go to a sponsor. Hey, I was junior world champion. And people are like, oh, damn, it's, it's going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but the the thing was with that, that, then the next ones after that, they split it up with a lot of uh, uh, age categories. Okay. Like there were maybe like, I don't know, five or five age categories. So there were five junior world champions 
every year. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Which, I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it's a little bit, uh, you know, like, there's a nine-year-old junior world champion, there's a 13-year-old junior yeah. world champion, there's a 16-year-old. It's a bit yeah, of a... Yeah, for sure. It's a bit chaotic. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, yeah. but it's cool, though. It definitely is, yeah. Like I say, those those young competitions in younger years just gives you gives you a focus, doesn't it? When you're not sure what to do and, and motivates you to, to learn yeah, those new I mean, tricks. That's, that's all you care about when you're, like, 13 or 14. You just yeah. want to do more tricks. Yeah. Going back to that thing that you said, I actually have a memory of, like, learning, yeah, like a front row and being on the beach with my buddy, being like, Dude, if we're doing front rolls now, like next year we're going to be doing like back roll kite leaps and F sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows yeah. what we're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, for sure. I remember, <laughs> I remember I learned uh, front rolls before unhooked front rolls before I could do even like hooked in back rolls or anything. <laughs> but my problem was that I was sending the kite so much it would end up like behind me, and then it would like you oh. know crash in the water Lost and like again. capsize a hundred times and then every time i tried one i would have to like swim into the beach and redo my lines and everything again because i you know it was so fucked and twisted i had to like i couldn't even relaunch it <laughs> i had to like run my lines again after every <laughs> attempt um so do you remember the, your first kite trip like when like with a sponsor um when you started traveling a bit more how old were you when you first started traveling alone without your dad? Um, well, first of all, I never really, I mean, I did travel with my dad, like in the really beginning, going to those nationals and then to those like European comps, but pretty much like, I mean, pretty much then I like, we couldn't really afford for him to come with me everywhere. So it was always me tagging along with other people or or like my first you know like trip somewhere was to brazil you know because that's what what you had to do you had to go to brazil to to get better and you know the promised land yeah for sure yeah so one of my uh good friends from home you know i like saved up for so long trying to like pay for my trip to brazil working at my uh uncle's bakery and like doing whatever I had to and getting like all my birthday and Christmas presents from whoever I could turn into a little bit of cash to chip in, mm-hmm. you know? And one of my good friends from home and his dad, they said, oh yeah, we're going to to Brazil for the Christmas break. You can you can come with us. Like, we'll, we'll take you with us. And then he, they also like, you know, kind of like helped out covering what I couldn't afford. Yeah. So that was like my first trip and I went with them and then pretty much after that, that was right before I won the junior worlds. And then as soon as I uh, did that, it was kind of like a big, big move. And with best at the time, they, they started, you know, helping out with, with trips and, you know, giving me a contract and everything. So when did you, so, uh, when did you meet Sam Medeski? So... The year before that, the, I think it was the year before I won the Junior Worlds, they were doing a best photo shoot in Portugal, in Lisbon. 
and the Spanish rep at the time, he he flew me and David Tony Juan. He also used to ride for Best. They flew us both out to the photo shoot for like three days just to, because it was right there, you know, in Lisbon. So they like flew us out to to meet the people and like cool. whatever ride that's if awesome. it was win. And that that's when I met Sam, and and all I remember was that. I I had long hair when I was a kid, like up until then, pretty much. And it was f like a cool thing because I was like a mini Sam because he also had long <laughs> hair, you know. I was like the mini little Grom and my English was like so shit at the time. Like I didn't know it. I couldn't tell what was going on, but like good enough to like get by. And yeah, yeah, we just got along and... I don't know. I, I can't even remember. You'd have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I was and, like uh, 11, yeah. How did the, the Northern Fresh video came about? Because, you know, for me, that was really put you on the map. Um, and also it showed, you know, obviously a, a, you know, a really different side to your riding. Like we'd seen, you know, competition tricks and stuff, but that was, you know, yeah. pretty different. So... <clears throat> At the time, what Best wanted me to do, obviously, like coming from junior freestyle championships, they wanted me to like go into like the big PKRA and like pursue that. And they were hoping, you know, I was going to be the next like whatever, Yuri or something. Yeah. But I I got there and I was like, whoa, like these people are like way better than me. Like, you know, I, I'm not quite there yet, but they still wanted me to like gain experience and that kind of burned me out a little bit and then I always like like with you what guys were doing with with free riding and creating videos like all along those years I was making my own little edits and stuff and then the whole like you know park riding and scene really like caught my attention and I started riding cable pretty much as soon as I could like you know yeah figure figure out how to get there from then on you know i i enjoyed that much more than going and doing a couple of heats at a pkra pkra event so i kind of cool. transitioned my focus into that sam and stole then, you from the p the competition yeah, pretty much <laughs> you were the golden child yeah, he, that was stolen <laughs> he um he let me see if I remember this properly, because, mm, yeah. People were just so think... much cooler doing the free ride project park stuff, weren't they? <laughs> like, they were way more fun. Like, I don't know. I remember doing some PKRAs and just having a lot more fun yeah. hanging out with free riders. Well, the thing was, the, more than anything, I just hated going somewhere. Ha like, this whole build-up to, like, go do a heat for seven minutes... Maybe you get to do two or three heats or whatever. But that's the whole thing. And you're going to like a shit spot too. Like you don't even get yeah. to... Besides like Dakla and like Egypt or something. I don't remember going to any like good spots where you're like hyped to go kite. Like... True. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to ride and, and do tricks. You can't do that and look at. Yeah. You'll just get, like, lifted by a gust and sent fucking 30 meters downwind. Yeah. Which is cool if you're just into that, but, yeah. 
I wasn't into that at the time. And but, and yeah, Sam, I can't remember how it came about, but Sam just basically said that I think he worked in his guide school that whole summer. And then in September, he said, you should come out. Like, we'll get uh, Stevie and stuff. And like, I have a local friend, Josh, who's can shoot photos and we can build some rails and stuff. And I was like, whoa, whoa yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like whatever you want, you know? And so, yeah, I went out there for like 10 days and, and we made it happen. It, it was, it was really cool. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. Like I remember it rained a lot, I think before we got there. So we were kiting in a lake, obviously. And where you would normally kite was too deep, but the parking lot was like maybe a foot or two of water. So we just set up the rails in the parking lot and rode mm -hmm. and kited everything in like in puddles pretty much. You'd like kite a bit of puddle and then like slide over a bit of grass and then there'd be like the rail. And then if you crashed, you'd be like on like ankle deep of water. <laughs> that was like my first time uh, riding rails with a kite too. And Sam was like, yeah, yeah, th three foot ollie on is fine. Like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But that's cool. But yeah, yeah that's such a good video. That's such a good video. It was a good time, yeah. So that kind of kickstarted your your park career, and then you went to Triple S, got on North. Yeah, well, so then the next year I put a wild card to go to the Triple S. I didn't get in, and then I went there like a month before to like practice, but there was not a single day of win before the event. Oh, gosh. And I, I don't, you probably remember we were, we stayed in the same house with Sam, you, Fox and myself. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. And that. then I, they run the open on jet skis and then I got second and only the first one got <laughs> in. So I didn't get yeah. in. So oh, it was man. all like not happening. And I was like super bummed. Like, damn it. Like, damn it. Yeah. You know, and then later that summer, I, yeah, I signed with North. Yeah, and it's been a happy fairy tale ever since. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So then when did, uh, so then you got a North, which is now Duotone. Um, how did the, the bubble project come about? Well, um, I always remember watching you know the full-length snowboard movies kite movies yeah. skate surf whatever and i always thought it was like a really cool you know way of like putting your whole like all your eggs in one basket in a way working for a whole year you know getting your crew together and like the whole like vibe that went around it and and also like the premieres like before I was, we were talking about how the only way to create an event and get people together is to make a comp. Well, yeah, a premiere is like, you know, just as good. You get people together, throw a party, watch a fucking long kite video and like have a good time. And like, why did no one do that? You know, why sure. are, I was thinking, why are we all doing this demos at the beach? 
you know, getting people to test our gear, but we're, you know, we're not offering anything else. Where is like the catchy side of it? So we, anyway, I, I was talking about making a full length movie for a long time. And at the time I, I hadn't really like proven myself to be like, you know, any, um, good at like making videos or anything. So during one of the summers in Hood River, I, I like put out a, like a pretty good edit. And then also before that, we we did a trip to Australia with Jerome and Stefan and stuff. And I had a pretty good camera already. So I like, like the, the guys at North were like, Oh wow. Like, did you do that? Like, didn't, I thought like you guys hired someone to do it. No, no, I did it all and shot it and we all traded off, blah, blah, blah. So I like had a bit of, you know, credit for for making yeah. movies. And then when I started like throwing around the idea of like making a full length movie and stuff, um, they were like still a bit skeptical, but they were like, sure, like, all right. Let's... And we slowly like ramped it up, like in the beginning we made it sound like it was, you know, going to be whatever. And then like, because in the beginning of it, the, the bubble idea only like came after we decided to make a movie. Yeah. yeah. It was all like, as we went and we started filming and then the bubble idea came. And then I started thinking of all this like storylines and like ways that we could like portray people, you know, and like, and also like you're throwing in ideas into the concept, like, oh, the bubble is this, it's that, like, you're also, like, putting things into perspective, thinking, oh, it is pretty crazy, we do live in a bubble, but this guy lives in a bubble, too, but his bubble is different, you know, and it, it's, like, a pretty funny concept, and throughout sure. the filming, it, it all, like, developed into what it, you know, turned out to be, so, so, yeah, like, in the beginning of it, it was just the idea of me making a movie, and then towards the end, when, the guys at Duotone started seeing like cuts of it and how much bigger it turned out to be. Then we, you know, organized like a premiere tour and like threw premieres everywhere, raffled gear. Like it blew up to be like way bigger than any of us thought, you know, it was ever going to get. I thought it was really cool how uh, Craig really, you know, supported you with the bubble as well. I feel like he... He really helped yeah. push that through, which was awesome. For sure, yeah. He, I was like, obviously, we're super busy with filming and the editing and stuff, and then he was taking care of more of the logistics side. Yeah. The whole like getting the because how, you know, how old how old is organized you, and the trips and like he also had. Oh. The people. Hold had, on, we frozen. Yeah. Can you hear me Hold now? Up. Wait, I'm going to ask you again. How old How yeah. old were you when you filmed The Bubble? Uh, 17, I think. Yeah. See, it would have, I can imagine it would have been hard for you to go to your tone and be like, I want to make a movie. Yeah, guys. yeah. <laughs> Craig kind of made like, they're like, yeah, cool. Every 16-year-old wants to make a full-length movie. But Craig kind of made it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like, for sure. He pushed he, it through. Exactly, like... He had been writing for, you know, Duotone way before me. So they, they kind of trusted him and he obviously like proved himself to, to be productive. So, 
so yeah for sure it made a difference and then i remember sending out an email to like the people who i wanted to like make the movie with and and i sent it to aaron and tom and stefan craig colleen and then the first one to reply was aaron and he was like yeah sure i'm in <laughs> and i was like whoa okay like it's so on <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I wish it was more full length, you know, like when you're growing up watching, you know, I was the same, loved watching skate and snowboards and all those movies. It really, you know, gave uh, the sports a lot more substance and culture. I, th- I think kiting is, you know, yeah. lacking, it, lacking a little bit of that. But I think the problem is it's so diverse, you know, it's so like spread well, out. Well, and in the beginning of... Like, before the bubble idea came about, I was looking at it more as in, like, true kiteboarding, you know, the our slogan and how we could in, incorporate every discipline to show what true kiteboarding is. That was, like, the original idea. Yeah. But, obviously, in, in the end, it's it's really hard to, like, I mean, at the time, it was really hard for me to, like, link up with certain riders and people who I didn't know and, like, I wasn't you know, friends with, with everyone. At the, I hadn't met half the people in the company yet and, and stuff. So I just ended up doing it with friends, which turned out to be, you know, super fun and productive, but maybe in the future. Yeah, for sure. We'll bring that. No, it's a scene maybe. Back. So, uh, what's, what's on the horizon with all this reflection, the bubble, what are you, What's in the future? Um, well, yourself. so at the moment, I'm, uh, I've been collecting footage this since basically since last summer in Hood River in uh, Cape Hatteras. We had a the Vegas shoot on the on the new rail, you know, the the hot box. Yeah. And I we got a ton of clips there, and I was like, oh, damn! Like I have some pretty good footage, and then. You know, later on in Brazil, I also got a few clips and Hood River. So I, but I wasn't, like, putting out edits or, like, using them for anything. And when I was in Brazil, I was like, oh, I'm going to make, like, a sponsor me videotape. Like, you know, like, in what you would do back in the day, I guess, is put all your writing in one tape or in one video and kind of, like, use it as your portfolio to... To brands, maybe yeah. not in kiting, but I know that's what people used to do in, you know, skating and snowboarding and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna make a, a little season season edit or something. But obviously now it's turned into, whatever, much more of a movie. So yeah, I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on a season edit. That's cool. What like a longer, a longer piece. Yeah. I don't know yet. I don't know how long it's going to be, but definitely like 10, 10, 15 minutes or more maybe. Yeah. But I'm at the point where I want to get more footage for it, but now we can't ride. So it might (laughs) be postponed and I might, you know, release it once I get to go on another trip or two. So if you were going to give some advice to a young grommet coming up, Whilst watching this, you know, anything from sponsorship to, you know, what would you, to making videos, what advice would you uh, 
give. So, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because okay. even from when I started until now, everything's changed so much, and that's not even that long ago. You know, like what we're doing today might be obsolete in like five years, like obs obsolete. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like who thought Instagram stories were a thing? Like, you know, only a few years ago. It's true. So, so yeah, I mean, what I would say the first and more most important, just like I said earlier on how I always thought I was gonna, or assumed I was going to do that KGB, you know, at one point and then like have my own kite videos or whatever and kind of make it just just do what, you know, what you enjoy doing and have fun. And then because if you don't do that to begin with, there's no point of trying, you know, to do something for someone else. But then the second thing is. Uh one way to like i mean have success i guess if you want to say that is to be different you know and do stuff differently and in your own way and you know try to like diverge and not do what everyone else is doing and then you'll you'll stand out from the pack whether it's writing you know competing making videos yeah. doing whatever it is that you're doing just do it different and and you'll stand out and then you know brands or companies will will see you and won't won't just see a pack of groms yeah so so yeah That's be super, different, stand out and super valuable advice i think also you know like you said like starting with the comps helps you you know learn about the industry and you can dip your toes into different aspects yeah, and also like see where you're where you're standing. Like maybe you're. I mean, now with you can see how good everyone is on the internet. But when you go to a comp, like I found, I I had that happen to me a lot of times. Like especially with when I started competing in the park, like I wasn't necessarily the best, but I could do my tricks really consistently. So I knew that even if this guy can do like way better tricks than me if he crashes three times he's got a zero i just need to do my trick and that really like you might think you're not you know the best at what you're doing but maybe in a certain like competition scenario you can beat people who you thought you know couldn't you couldn't or you aren't better than than (laughs) you can beat people that you aren't better than on a free ride session but on a comp, you know, who knows? So Yeah, that was what was really it, cool about the uh our our you know, Kite Park League format. If you crash three times you were done, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was doing and, the same and, tricks for like five years. <laughs> yeah, money making. <laughs> money making tricks. Just Damn have it. that back five and toe back seven that you can do with a comp. <laughs> and yeah. you know everyone's but, gonna crash. But the final is going to be on an eight meter. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> look at us this year in Hood River. Last year in Hood River, the river level went so, went up so much. It was choppy everywhere, and everyone had a, a really hard time getting their tricks. 
right? Like, yeah, you, you never know. I think that at the moment there's there is two types of riders: those who can, you know, those who are the best at what they're doing and they're really good at the riding side of things, and then there's those who aren't necessarily the best, but they're absolute, you know, media content machines, and they're putting out all this content. And then there's those who like fluctuate back and forth from one to the other, like someone like you, you can kite on, you know, on a foil in the park, big air, freestyle, whatever. And at the same time you're doing, you know, the whole media side of things. So that I think maybe like sitting somewhere in the middle is probably what's most valuable and that's what a grom yeah. should be doing. but. But then there's going to be the one Grom that just focuses on one thing and gets really good at it and, you know, becomes the world champion. Like, like Valentin, he's no Instagram machine, but he'll do a, you know, blind judge nine. So yeah. like, what's better? I don't know. Just do what yeah, you Yeah, I think everyone's so in, individual, you got to figure out, you know, what you enjoy. And then, like you say, if, if you're having fun doing it and, and you run with it, it's it's going to take you somewhere cool i think that's that's really important i found that as well you just like kind of latch on to things for a bit and get really into it and then like do that and for me i find like mixing it up keeps it fresh you know for like sure it, i can yeah. keep my motivation higher by like focusing on big air for a month and just you know not even thinking about cable and then like normally this time of year it's like park season's yeah. kicking off it's getting warm kinda... in the uk you know, it kind of keeps yeah, it fresh. Yeah, that's, that's what's cool about, about kiting is that you you also go with the seasons a little bit, right? Like, depending yeah. on the time of year, you you do one thing or the other and and it keeps it, you know, fresh. But one thing that I would definitely not recommend is just becoming a solo, strictly content media machine without having any of the, you know kiteboarding like skills to validate it yeah do, do you see what i'm trying to say like like i said people like you are sitting somewhere in the middle but i think like you still need to have some sort of like credibility yeah for the content you're putting out you can't teach someone how to do something if you can't barely do it yourself do you know what i mean Absolutely, yeah. Like it, it proves that, yourself, doesn't it? Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of maybe like hard these days because there's a lot of people putting out a lot of content and getting really good audience and feedback, but they're not necessarily like anywhere near like being a good writer. But because they're putting out such good content, they're getting like rewarded for it in a way you know and that's a really like tough thing because you're like i i can imagine myself as a grom now thinking well this guy you know is like a super big like youtuber or whatever but i can kite just as good as him what's going on here why is he you know sponsored yeah that's a little bit like that's where i can see there's a bit of dilemma or contradiction but I don't know. That's that's just me. Just just have fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's the message. Just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thanks a lot for your time, dude. 
It's been it's been epic. Yeah. Good having a cup of tea with you. <laughs> yeah. Or two. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot yeah, for listening good. in, everyone, and watching. Good chatting, yeah. For sure. It's always fun reflecting going down memory lane. What a good dude. Now he's achieved some brilliant stuff in his career, and he's a very cool dude. Thanks a lot for watching and listening. Please subscribe if you're not already, and I'll see you in the next video. Peace out.